What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. From the offices of Create and Cultivate, this is Work Party, a podcast for women who are redefining the meaning of work on their own terms. In each episode, we tap experts on topics that matter most to the modern working woman, whether you are running the show or working your side hustle. We're bringing in leading female entrepreneurs to share their stories with you. Are you ready to create and cultivate the career of your dreams? Well, welcome to Work Party, the podcast. In 2015, Danielle infamously revealed that bloggers make $5,000 to $15,000 per Instagram post. At the time, she had less than a million followers and has since accumulated over 2 million followers. In under a decade, the New York native has collaborated with numerous brands and founded world-renowned fashion blog and brand We Were What that she started as a sophomore in college back in 2010. She once made $70,000 in three hours and lives by her personal motto, hustle until your haters ask if you're hiring. Danielle recently joined Jacqueline Johnson and Create and Cultivate in Miami, Florida for the anniversary celebration of Brickell City Center to discuss how she turned her love for fashion into multiple monetization streams of income, common misconceptions that people have about bloggers, and how to break away from feeling overwhelmed by social media. And we also talked about what's next. Please welcome to the work party, Danielle. Please give a big round of applause to Jackie and Danielle. Well, I'm so excited to be here in Miami. It is definitely one of my favorite cities, and I hear one of yours as yeah, well. Yeah, I come down to Miami all the time. Yeah. It's so, I mean, one, it's so gorgeous out right now, but it's so great to see all of you guys. I know I've seen a lot of you at our different events, so it's so fun. Um, but we're really excited to be here at Brickell City Center. Um, it's such a beautiful property. And spoiler alert, we might be coming back soon and doing a bigger, better event, so stay tuned. Um, but for now, I'm so excited. So um, obviously, I'm here to interview Danielle Bernstein, but we are also posting this episode to Work Party, the podcast We're as live well. streaming. We're live streaming. We're on the podcast. We're literally blasting this to the world. So no pressure for us. But yeah, you really need no introduction. You are one of the biggest, best, most influential women in fashion, truly. Um, and I'm really excited to pick your brain because I think your approach to the industry is very much a business approach, um, which I think a lot of people oftentimes think of influencers as like, oh yeah, influencers. You've built a real business and a real brand, and I'm, I'm so excited to talk more about that. So let's rewind a little bit. Tell us how this whole empire started. You want the spiel? Spiel. Let's do it. Oh, I feel like I've done this so many times. Um, 
So a lot of people don't know this, but We Were What actually started as a street style blog 10 years ago now, which is crazy to even say out loud. Um, I had just transferred from the University of Wisconsin-Madison to FIT. And I was walking around campus and I was surrounded by such amazing style. And I was like, I'm going to show my friends back at Wisconsin how they can dress for school every day. Because we were wearing sweatpants and Uggs every day and we were not dressing up the way the girls at FIT did. So picked up a camera, taught myself how to use it and started photographing street style around campus. About six months into that, I turned the camera on myself and had a friend photograph me, which is when We Were What became a personal style blog and realized that you know this was something that really resonated with my readers, them hearing the voice and seeing the person behind the camera. So focused on that. Um, and then about two years into it, met my agent, Jen Powell. Um, she was with Next at the time. So I signed on with Next as talent. So she created this sort of untraditional um, part of Next, the talent division. And yeah, the rest is history. And the rest is history. And, and so much had changed and evolved since then in terms of this like industry and landscape and the way that people are approaching it. So rewind back to 2015, you became pretty well known for revealing that bloggers make up to $5,000 to $15,000 per Instagram post. I think people in the industry understood this, but I don't think a lot of consumers understood it and understood that this is big business. Um, and for context, that was a huge deal. Um, it was a very big deal at the time because nobody had ever talked about it. talked about that we make, everyone knew we made money and they were seeing hashtag ad and sponsored and they were seeing these posts that were, they looked like they were paid for, but nobody talked about it publicly. And I feel like I, my whole uh, aesthetic was about being so transparent. You know, I'm this young New Yorker trying to make it in the city like everyone else. And I was honest about everything that I was doing business-wise and life-wise with my followers. You know, I would take them through breakups and business decisions and you name it. So when Harper's Bazaar approached me to do this article, she was like, can you publicly talk about how much money you get paid for a post? I was like, sure, why not? But it got picked up by, I, that's the, the day that I went over a million followers. Oh, I wow. just remember like there was this huge spike. It got picked up by every publication and it was a pretty big deal. And I didn't even realize it at the time, but people were very hush hush about it. And I was like, no, that needs to change. Absolutely. And with Create and Cultivate, that's something that we talk about a lot is transparency, you know, specifically peer to peer, but people yeah. to people is also important as well to be able to talk about these things because then more women can go out and say, well, I'm undercharging or I understand that I can build a real business around this and it can really open people's eyes and I think women oftentimes feel like money's a four-letter word and absolutely shouldn't be um, women need to be making money and then spending money with more women so wait we love money what? Yeah, exactly <laughs> I love making money um, I mean who doesn't and so I think what's interesting too though is that you also put a lens on creative work. Cause I think so many times it's like photographers, bloggers, artists, like people who do creative work, everyone's like, oh, well it'll be in kind or a favor or a partnership. And like, absolutely not. It's like, you're doing a lot of work. So take me through the behind the scenes of like a day in the life. Every day is completely different. So that's a really tough question um, to answer. But I think the normal day is uh, my team will come in around 9 a.m. I've tried to keep it as 9 to 5 as possible. Obviously, that changes around Fashion Week. If we have an event or we're traveling, sometimes I travel, so the girls are off. So, you know, when I was hiring my employees, I said, you know, it's going to be 9 to 5 as much as I can have it be. So they'll come in at 9 o'clock, and we'll start by sitting around the table, answering a bunch of emails, going through the schedule for the day, different posting requirements we have, projects we're working on, outstanding projects, things that maybe I haven't gotten paid for yet that we need to follow up on. Um, mm -hmm. You know, we go through a bunch of different things, get organized, and then we have a series of meetings throughout the day, showroom visits, PR appointments, you name it, events, lunch meetings, and then usually stop the day around five, get a quick workout in, and then get ready for an event I have. 
So when you were building out your team, what, how far along were you as a blogger when you were like, I need to hire someone to help? Well, Mo, who's with me, I met six years ago. We're coming up on our six-year anniversary, which we're excited about. And she reached out to me to intern for me. And then I had a bunch of interns throughout. And then she went to study abroad and came back. And I was like, I need you with me full time. And she came on as my assistant. And so it was just Mo and I with my agent, Jen, for a really long time. And then a few freelance photographers. And then just recently, last year, I hired a new assistant because Mo is my COO, essentially, and my right-hand man. Um, and yeah, then we also have an editorial intern now because I picked my blog back up. So was it natural for you becoming a boss? Because for a while it was just you. So all of a sudden now you have employees and it's you know operating differently. Did that feel natural to you? I've always had this really entrepreneurial spirit about me. And um, I think I learned a lot from my dad, who's a, the boss of his company, on, on how to be a boss and how to delegate and how to be a leader. And, I, and my friend groups, I was always the leader. You know, Even at Wisconsin, I was there for one year and I was social chair of my sorority. So I really always had, I think, that aspect to my personality. Um, so I, I felt pretty natural. But I mean, Mo and I essentially grew up together. So there were a lot of times that we had to find the right balance between work and play. And you know, we'd go out together, but then like we'd have to show up at 9 a.m. and not be hungover. So we, we, it's all about finding a right balance. And I grew up with my business and my blog also. So I definitely made a ton of mistakes along the way and learned a lot myself. So you went from just creating content to creating a line, second skin overalls. How did that come to life? How did that, how involved in the process were you and how, how's it doing? So I had done a few collaborations. I did a jewelry collab with Topshop, and really early on I did this collaboration for ShopUp that no one really knew about because I wasn't known. And then I found this space in the market. I was wearing overalls all the time. The tagline of my blog was actually overalls are my second skin in 2013. So it was like right in the beginning. And I was like, I can't find a good pair of overalls that fit well, good quality. I, I want to make it. And so I set out to find the right production. I invested my own money into creating the company, um, hired a technical designer, and started SSO, which, uh, you know, we went through, I think, six different technical designers, three different factories. We were overseas for production. Then we came domestic. Then we went back overseas. And I just learned the ins and outs of production, which is crazy. And I definitely am so happy now that I'm bringing everything under one umbrella and creating We Were What Shop, which I'll tell you guys more about later. That came after the Onya collab. Um, but it's doing, it did really well. I mean, it was kind of proof of concept for me to show that I could post and sell out of something and doing it with my own brand and gifting it to other influencers and being able to see who was able to sell and who converted. It was sort of like putting, it was all coming full circle for me because I was on the other side of things. Yeah, that's so interesting too. It's like all of a sudden you're like, you're the client, you're the, the content creator and kind of going back and forth. But I think that's so impressive that you invested your own money. You went out and found, you know, the manufacturers, you did the research. How did you know what to do? Because I think I asked a shit ton of questions. I mean, I have always my entire life had, you know, these women that were mentors to me, um, even men that were mentors to me. And I always asked a ton of questions. I think like, I never pretended like I knew everything. Like I Googled a lot. And then I just asked the right people for favors, for help, for advice, and was guided that way. It's amazing. And so you also mentioned your Onya collab. So yeah. can you tell us a little bit about that? So the Onya collab is actually a really funny story. And I've never publicly told this story, but um, I just recently wrote about it. 
And I went on a trip to the British Virgin Islands with Onya. It was when they were first launching their women's wear. And we were on this trip and we were supposed to be on this like luxury yacht and it was like presented as this whole thing, but they were new to doing an influencer trip. It was like one of my first influencer trips and it just like all went wrong. And I won't get into the details of it, but I ended up leaving early. But before I left early, I posted this swimsuit they had and they ended up selling out of it that day. So they were like, even though the trip went wrong, we want to work together. And I ended up becoming best friends with the owner. So we decided to collaborate and do an exclusive collaboration for Intermix that summer and created a really small collection um, that ended up being Intermix's best-selling swimsuit, which is funny because Intermix is here, yeah. coming full circle. And it ended up being their best-selling suit that summer. So Onya reached out again and they said, you know, we'd love to work together again. And then we did three more collections together, which each did astronomically better than the next. And so now come the next collection, which is Resort 20, it'll be We Wore What Swim as a standalone brand. And I have a licensing deal with them and they're an amazing team to work with. And yeah. That's incredible. And I love that too, like the test to market, figuring it out and then taking, you know, that full step and having your own line now and having your name on it. Um, what do you attribute your selling power to? You know, because I, I think like it's so true. I remember when your um, overall line launched, I remember seeing it sold out everywhere because I, I think I went to go buy one and I think it was sold out. Yeah. But I was like, God, that is crazy. And it's like, you know, obviously people are writing it, writing about it. What do you think the magic is? I think that, you know, my followers are this such specific demographic of consumers. And so you follow me because you want to buy what I'm wearing. And I've always maintained that, you know, I never went too sexy or went too lifestyle or, or I never, I really always maintained that this was a place for you to go and get outfit inspiration. And I think that my followers appreciate that. And obviously as time went on, I share more and I, and I explore, you know, other interests of mine, be it travel, music, food. Um, but I think that, you know, my followers over 10 years have been this group of women that have grown with me that can afford more now than they did when we were all in our early 20s. And, you know, so they, they buy what I wear. And I, I don't necessarily know why I have a conversion rate the way that I do, but I feel super lucky because it's given me this amazing business. So obviously you're an influencer, creator. What are some of the common misconceptions you think? <laughs> you look amazing. Um, what do you think some of the common misconceptions are about this? About influencers in general is that we don't work. I yeah. mean, a lot of people think it's just so easy and there's so much behind the scenes. Like on a day where we're in meetings all day, I'll pop up on my stories to just be like, hey, by the way, I've been in meetings all day and sorry, I haven't posted. But like the things I've been doing that day are so important to my entire business and the entire year of my business as a whole. And I just don't think people see the behind the scenes enough to know that it's really a Hard career. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so obviously you're working all the time, you're traveling, you're doing all these different things. What is your self-care tactic? Like how do you take care of yourself? I don't do it enough, but I started meditating once I started working with Melissa. Um, I think my sort of self-care is really a combination of the Melissa workouts that I do and Melissa Wood Health. If none of you do her workouts, you all should be doing it. Um, I go to IMD Spa where I get my lymphatic drainage and, you know, I get my nails done every week. But those little things and then just like working out and sweating and dancing are really the most important for self-care. I love you said once I read that you said hustle until your haters ask if you're hiring, yes, which I thought was I so funny. And, and it's great because it's like you're in competition with yourself. Right. And I think that's really important. Can you tell us what that means to you? And have you hired any of your haters? <laughs> I've never hired a hater. I usually <laughs> block them. No, I'm kidding. Um, but I think to me, it just means, you know, show the people that have doubted you most 
that they had no reason to doubt you. Prove them wrong. Absolutely. You've clearly taken your work very seriously and we're big believers that if you treat your passions as a business, they will become a business. You've done so much already with your career. Do you ever feel like there's a big pressure to be like, what's next? What's next? What Oh, I always feel that yeah. pressure. I'm always like, okay, like the day that the most recent Onya collection sold and we sold out and did over $2 million in one day, I was like, okay, what's the next thing? I didn't even like take the time to celebrate it because I was immediately like, okay, what am I doing for the next one? How am I going to make that one bigger and better? You know, what's my next venture? And yeah. But that's that entrepreneurial spirit, yeah. right? You just keep going. But then like my friends like are like, sit down and enjoy this yeah. for a minute. And I'm like, okay. It's so important. One minute, that's it. Absolutely. Um, so you talked a little bit about your shop. So do you want to tell us a little bit about all that you're doing there? Because you're kind of establishing that as its own brand as well. Yeah, so We Wear What Shop, without revealing too much, will just be a place where my brands will live. So it'll be overalls and swim and potential other projects that I'm working on that I can't discuss yet. So. What have you been working on? What are you most proud of when you look back at your career? I think I'm more recently than not in the past year, I'm doing a lot of investing and advising with brands. And, you know, I've been given this platform where I can really get behind a brand and help them to become more successful and to reach that next level. And so I've been signing a bunch of advisory deals with brands that I truly believe in and want to get behind their business model, but also become, you know, in front of them and be the face of it. And I think that that, to me, I'm really proud of. But I am uh, working on a tech project right now that will be launching in September. That is probably my most exciting venture yet. That's amazing. That's and all I can say about it. But it is fucking awesome, and you will all want to use it. Do you think that diversifying is important when it comes to building businesses and having more than just one revenue stream? Yes, for sure. And that's especially goes with diversifying your platforms and what you're posting on. I mean, obviously, we all most heavily, I think, rely on Instagram, but I have a podcast still, and I sometimes still post to Snapchat or Facebook or Pinterest, but I really, I mean, I guess I would say Instagram and, and my podcast are my main platforms. So speaking of apps, what do you use? What are your tools, tips, and tricks to stay organized, to edit photos? Like, what are some of your favorite apps? To say organized, nothing yet, um, but I use VSCO, Facetune, and Snapseed. I love Snapseed. So for you, what are some of your favorite brands? We're here to talk about fashion. Like, what do you love wearing? How would you describe your personal style? I wouldn't, I don't think I'd be able to describe it because I can be super girly and like uptown and chic one day and edgy and boho. And I, I really am super versatile, I think, with my style. Um, I love discovering new brands via Instagram. I look through all my DMs. I try to. Um, and that's when I usually see and get introduced to new brands that are just like in little Instagram boutiques. And I love working with them. That's amazing. So we have a lot of content creators here tonight. What advice would you have for them to take their business to the next level? That's so hard to say because there's so many different pieces of it. Um, you know, be a fearless networker, number one. Like, introduce yourself to someone. Get yourself in the room with somebody. Firm handshake. Give a business card. Maybe not a business card, but get their email and then email them after. I would say consistency is key. You know, have a content calendar. Have a consistent schedule to your posting, to your meetings, whatever you may be doing. Um, it's hard. I think you need to find a niche. It's, it's really as cliche as that sounds. You really need to find a white space in this industry because it is so oversaturated now. And you need to fill a space for a follower that maybe they don't already see on their feed. So don't edit like everyone else and use all the presets that everyone does. Like have your own unique sense of style, sense of, you know, your aesthetic. And 
hopefully you'll be successful. Yeah, no, totally. It's, it's hard. I'm not going to, it's, it's hard now to grow as quickly as like, I mean, I've been doing this for 10 years. It's hard mm -hmm. to grow quickly, but it's not impossible. I've seen it done. And I do think, like you said, sticking to, I do this, this is what you're coming for. You know yeah. what you're going to get and creating. Just stay that. true to yourself. That's also so cheesy, but it, like your followers will realize it. Like I say, one of the hardest parts of my career is saying no. And I say no to brands all the time, even if it's big money, if it doesn't fit my style. And I'll, and I'll say to my followers, you know, this is a product that I didn't use before, but I'm going to try it out. And now we're going to do this partnership. And I'll take them through the process of how it came to be. Like I just did that with the CBD company that I'm now an advisor on. I tried it out because Mo told me about it. I started posting about it naturally. They reached out to pay me for six months worth of posts. I did that. And then all of a sudden I was like, I love your business model. I want to work together more. And I became an advisor and owned 2% of their company. Do you think more and more women investing in these companies and, you know, like you said, being an advisor, essentially like angel investing, whatever, all these different things, that's becoming more and more important for women to do? Yeah, I just joined um, Rebecca Minkoff's Female Founder Collective. Are you part of that? Yeah. You are, right? Yeah, and that's a really cool community where female founders can can discuss these sort of things. But I do think investing, um, saving your money foremost, and then investing if you can, is so important for female founders. Absolutely. So we are going to wrap with some hot fire questions. Hi. Are you ready for this? Yes, I'm already really hot. So. Yeah, yeah, it's hot fire, we're on fire. <laughs> if you could grab coffee with one fashion icon, dead or alive, who would it be and why? Ooh, um, probably Carl Lagerfeld. Sad. Sad, but like I never got to meet him and that would be awesome. How would your work wife describe you in three words? Well, Mo is my work wife. So Mo, do you want to answer that question? She's no. Like, no. <laughs> I think Mo would describe me as driven, passionate, and what else, Mo? Determined. That's a nice way of saying a hard ass, I think. <laughs> a woman I admire is? My mom and my grandma. Easy. If you could only wear one brand forever, who would it be? I would not choose. <laughs> Maybe vintage as like a category, but like. My guilty Instagram follow is? Like all the Kardashians? I don't know, I guess. <laughs> oh no, like all the bachelors. Yeah. And the best piece of business advice I've ever received? Um, it wasn't a direct piece of advice, but I once overheard DVF say that the most important relationship is the one with yourself, and that has become my life motto. Thank you so much. Enjoy dinner, you guys. Ladies, self-care is big business. While we're working harder than ever before, we're also working to take care of ourselves along the way, and we're willing to spend big bucks to do so. At Create and Cultivate's first ever self-care summit, we'll be exploring the world of self-care, from business of wellness to how the modern working woman turns off and disconnects after a long week in the office. If you're ready for a day of panels, keynotes, pop-ups, crystal readings, meditation sessions, and so much more, Everything you know and love from Create and Cultivate, head over to createcultivate.com to grab your tickets for the first ever self-care summit in Los Angeles on July 20th. We'll see you there. Have you bought your copy of Work Party the Book? Part career manifesto, part practical business advice, Work Party the Book is everything I wish I knew during my early years as an entrepreneur. The ups, the downs, the things I learned and the women that helped me to make it happen. Just like in our podcast, Work Party the Book does not shy away from the nitty-gritty details you need to know. If you hope to start your own business or become the HBIC at your current gig, we're here to help you out. Available in hardcover and audiobook on Amazon, also on iBooks at Target and your local bookstore. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Work Party, the podcast. 
If you felt inspired and learned something new, let us know in a review on iTunes and check us out on social at WorkParty. For every episode, we have downloadable resources available on WorkParty.com. So you can put these tips and tools into action for your own business. Thanks again for listening. And as always, work hard, party on.